0: This podcast was recorded and produced before the COVID-19 uncertainty, but we believe this is still a message we can apply to our current circumstances. Thanks for tuning in today. Enjoy. This episode of Shut the Shut Up was created in partnership with Open Arms International, helping children in Kenya experience the hope of the gospel and the love of a family. Learn more at openarmsinternational.org. Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life, wondering if you could be more, see more, do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randolph. We're both
1: authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole
0: lot of faith together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do.
1: Because there's so much more in you. Hey, 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 everybody. Guess what? (laughs) Guess what? That felt so good. What? What? It's our fun. Final
0: episode of the season. Oh, oh, how do I say goodbye?
1: Come on. I I hope you guys all have your party pants on for this moment.
0: We had season two. You were a blast. You were a blast. Pour one out for the homies for season two. Wait, is that a water bottle? Because it looks a little cloudy in there. I'm concerned deeply. Uh, I have water filter issues. Why are you judging me? It is a water bottle. She
1: just took a chug of the the nastiest looking water I have ever seen. The design
0: on the water
1: bottle. You're making us all thirsty. But party pants on, friends. That's what it is. Water. (laughs) Water now. Oh, my gosh. Hard-hitting news what reel it in we have a show for you today i'm we excited do. i'm excited but you know what i bet everybody learned about this season was our great partner Open
0: yes, Arms International. yes we have we have been um blessed and honored to be able to represent and bring to your knowledge and your ears um just information of all the things that they're doing and it's worthy like what an incredible partnership this great season partnership. so yeah um, yeah Open arms. We love you.
1: We love you. And you're going to hear more from them in this episode in a little bit. And if you didn't already donate, why don't you prayerfully consider or just do it? Don't even even prayerfully consider. Just do it. It's one of those you don't got to talk
0: to God about and fast. He's already given you the answer. Yeah. It's doing what James tells us to do. Look after those that cannot look after themselves.
1: Yeah. There's a need there. And mm-hmm. w- we hope that you uh, get to know them better and visit all their info. We'll link in our show notes. But listen, we have a show. Okay, I am so excited. I get to be like <laughs> host extraordinaire today. And Ooh. I brought in, let me introduce, we have a guest. But do we have a guest? Because let me introduce you to Candace Payne. Oh,
0: that's not awkward. Okay, golf clap. Is this the same so. Well, because this is like it's our podcast. Like, why am I? Why Not only is think? she my
1: co-host, but she is <laughs> going to be releasing an amazing curriculum that yeah. I got sneak peeks at to talk to you about today. And I'm gonna interview her about that.
0: Yeah, you belong um because God is who he says he is, is my sophomore. Um, Bible study curriculum with Zondervan and awesome. I actually have a real heart for teaching the word in a non-traditional way. What? Yeah. Yeah. I'm one of those that, listen, no shame, no shame to anybody that you are like a Bible study junkie and you're there for them all and you lead them all and you love them all. And you're like, this is the best. But I was the worst Bible study group member. (laughs) I'd never have my homework done. I would always go like, I came for the snacks. Let's be honest. I came for the snacks in the, in the fellowship, (laughs) if Mm -hmm. I'm going to be For real, I wanted to hang out with other moms, other friends, um, but I would feel so guilty when I didn't do the work and I'd feel like I'm not as scholarly as everybody in the room. So when I actually was approached with the idea of creating a Bible study that people would watch and want to dive into, I really wanted to tackle this idea of speaking to the people that felt like me every week. That felt like I want to be here and I want to get something valuable, but I don't want to (laughs) be writing paragraphs (laughs) in a study guide (laughs) and memorizing 20 chapters of the Bible every week before I get back to my group, you know, and then have, you know, Gladys tell me that I did it wrong and, you know, mark it on a tally sheet. What's she tallying? I don't know, but I feel condemnation already. You know, I just Mm -hmm. wanted freedom for people to be able to jump into studying the Bible and normalize just what it is when you get together as a group to study. Um, That's
1: amazing. Did you know my husband actually failed the Bible study? What?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I can't fail? get into it. I have
1: some baggage around it. I'm a little bitter oh, still, my but goodness. Yeah, so I understand there's a need there to take the pressure off. Yes. And you're saying come and do this and I'm Yeah. And I just want to say off the record but also on it's funny.
0: It's, well, we have bloopers in every episode. Bloopers. We have bloopers, and then I'm on set in different locations, which is not customary for really a, a good Bible study. You know what I
2: mean? Like different traditional,
0: traditional Bible studies, they are like on a stage, preaching or teaching to a large group right. of people. And this is not. The, I'm literally talking to a camera out in the field with some sheep. So you get Farmer Candice <laughs> one week. You know, I mean, Farmers. it's just. <laughs>
1: It's going to be fun, but we get to dig in today, a little behind the scenes here, because we get to ask you questions on it, and I'm excited. I think we're the first one to go to press on this, you
0: guys. Yeah, it's privileged. Privileged information. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. I'm honored that we get to be able to discuss it because I feel like it's worthy. Obviously, I, I poured my heart into it, and I feel like If there's anybody that I wanted to share it first with, it's you. It's you guys that are listeners. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you. And I think we've all faced that question. Do I belong?
0: Do I belong? Absolutely.
1: So put those party pants on and let's get ready to find freedom from all of that should. A special game. One we've never,
0: ever played. Oh, a special game. Get ready get ready indeed like the song says because today our special game is just literally something we made up in our heads (laughs) five minutes before we started recording and it's all life i know well that is our show like a pattern. (laughs) That's a pattern. Hey, I have this great idea. Let's do it. Let's do it. I don't feel like we need to filter that out. Let's do it. I actually have this little notepad that inspired our game today. And it's a notepad that's kind of like a grown-up Mad Libs, if you will. Like you fill in the blank and it's a special encouraging note that you're supposed to give to somebody that you love. At the top of this notepad, it says, what I love about you today. And then it has oh. these fill-in-the-blank questions, and you get to be creative and fill it in. So we're just going to do a special game. Jenny, I'm going to ask you all questions that you need to fill in the blank about your hot surfer hubs, Matt. Ooh, oh, okay. Oh. And you're going to do it about my hot mister, Chris. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to talk. Yeah. I'll ask you about him. I thought you yes. said I have to say what I love about Chris. I'm
1: like, this is getting awkward, Candace. Oh
0: my gosh. No. Yeah, got no it. It's basically what you. do we each love about our own husbands so that people aren't confused with that last comment you just said, good Lord.
1: It's, well, the way you worded it, right, you guys? No, and you guys too, when no. you're listening at home, fill in the blank. And if you're like, <laughs> I'm single and ready to mingle, think about your bestie or your mom and dad or whoever are your loved ones in your life, right? Yeah, absolutely.
0: You Absolutely. So just here it is adult mad libs.
1: Can I ask a question? Because today is only eleven o'clock in the morning. Can I also consider yesterday what happened in our lives?
0: Oh well, yeah, you can. Okay, great. Uh, I'm a rule follower, so thank you. You can do that. That can be relevant. I I like that. Okay. All right. The first one that I need you to fill out, and here's the deal. You only get six seconds.
1: Oh, gosh, I am nervous. First of all, whenever <laughs> people ask me about my husband, if I go on like podcast interviews or whatever, I get so squirrely and weird. I love him Ooh. deeply, Ooh. but we don't often dive Ooh. into intricate hmm. marriage. I'm ready. Okay.
0: Stop mm-hmm. it. Do, you, oh. do we need a counseling break for this? What I is, don't need
1: a counseling break, okay. but okay. it's like one of those things. Okay.
0: Okay. Here we go. Six seconds <laughs> after I, I tell you what the blank is and you you fill it in. Okay. I'll, I'll, and the, the thing is, we're going to be professional here. I will count mm. to six. And then you give me an answer. Okay. Okay, yes. I'm kind of in love with your blank today. One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> um
1: <laughs> sorry, mom and dad. I'm kind of in love with your surfing body.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. Do surfers have a different body than other people?
1: It's just really cute.
0: <laughs> okay. This is too much.
1: Okay. Are you ready for yours? Okay. See, this is why I don't okay. do marriage okay. talks. Okay. Clearly, oh, I'm get, very gifted. You're like,
0: you're like five shades of red over
1: here. That's okay. I'm, yeah. Okay. I
0: Candace. Yes. Yes. I'm ready.
1: I'm excited to blank you today. <laughs> One, two,
0: three, four. Five, six. (laughs) Greet you with a holy kiss. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's how you redeem the moment for the (laughs) listeners that are single, ready to mingle like a Pringle. All right.
1: Oh, wait
0: now. No, I really do love kissing my husband. Making out's fun. So there you go. And when you're married, it's even holier. So (laughs) even following the rules, following the rules. All right. I love to make you blank today. I'd love to make you oh, blank. I'm not gonna today. say dinner because my how back is Mississippi too. Not doing dinner. I love to make you laugh. Oh, You wanna
1: make him laugh? To make him laugh. And Matt doesn't but seem like a laugher. Does he does he laugh a lot? Um well we started dating under the premise that we're competitive comedians, so we'd always try to <laughs> one up each other clearly i was the funniest
0: (laughs) i've always called myself a humor snob but i like competitive comedian that's funny yeah he was funnier than me
1: so whenever i can one up one of his but it's those one of those things where you just carry on the joke so long it's like been there done that move on with your
0: life oh so okay yeah yeah. but he laughs but it's hard to get it so i'm gonna work hard on that today okay well that's a good blank to fill in then because then that means like hey i'm speaking this language to you i love
1: yeah okay cool maybe i'll text you tell me some jokes okay (laughs) Are, oh, this is a good one. Are you ready? Yeah. You made me
0: laugh today when you blanked. One, when two. you did the the gangster pose in your red hoodie before you left the house.
1: Oh, <laughs> Can I see that pose? Because we are recording here video. Because here's
0: the deal. My whole family, Chris. they leave at the same time every morning. And during the winter months, it gets a little bit cold in Texas. But we dress like it's um, a blizzard because we don't know how to handle cold in the South. We're like, it's 51, everybody, down jackets. (laughs) Um, And so like, I know, right? They all all left the house, but I didn't realize this. Apparently, subconsciously, I've purchased red jackets for everybody. So they're all... (laughs) They're it's all in these team. red hooded jackets leaving. Core the house. Four. It's your core four yeah. uniform, <laughs> and so I look at them and I go, oh, look at my matching family! Y'all are so cute. Enjoy your day," you know, and just making fun of them as they leave. And the kids are rolling their eyes, and then Chris just whips around <laughs> and he does like a peace sign and drops to his knees like he's doing a photo op. <laughs> and really? he's like. Oh, my husband that's so uncharacteristic <laughs> that i lost it i was like who are you get out of the house my gosh you're making me laugh he's a hot oh, mess man. he's a hot oh, mess did
1: you did the ring record that because i'm gonna need that no
0: it was then. inside he knows he oh. knows he knows where the cameras are he's he's calculated like, he's like you will never catch me all right <laughs> no because he's he's got to maintain the cool bearded man that you know i don't yeah. do anything I don't do anything spontaneous. I
1: don't I'm going to say I don't do anything, period. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, he
0: does a lot. That pose, though, had me in stitches. All right, here's one That's for hilarious. you. This is actually my last one for you. And okay. And you've got one more for me, I think. Okay, here we go. I loved your advice on blank <laughs> today. <laughs> Mississippi, two, Mississippi, oh. three. Five, Mississippi, six, Mississippi. Uh, You're going past the time. I'm just saying.
1: I told you guys I warned you. I'm not good at these kind of things. Marriage. Um, I loved his advice on letting go of projects I'm not supposed to be doing.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. You know, our guys see us and they see our little, you know, pressure points. Yes. And so they like to give us advice on those. And I do, you know, in the moment, I'm not really appreciative of it. So writing it down or maybe telling them that you are is good because sometimes my face doesn't say, I'm glad you gave me advice on this. (laughs) Sometimes it says, go away. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to hear from you. Or I've dealt with this for 20 years and you've We've circled this conversation, so no thanks. Right. But I really do appreciate advice when they do that.
1: You know, well, yeah. And Matt and I work together too, so we're together. All oh man! All. Oh my! So that's, that's why mm. I'm saying it gets squirrely, like talking marriage, talking work. But we mm. are friends. Yeah, yeah, friends. yeah, Of course. And we're married, and we have to have card conversations sometimes. Okay, last one. Are you ready? Okay, I'm
0: ready. Especially. Let's do it.
1: I love how you make everyday feel, late. Like
0: three four five. possible oh i, I love great. how he makes everyday feel possible i mean i've had some days where um gosh not to be dramatic but i wanted to Do give it. up i wanted to give up like mm. throw in the towel like on everything and everybody and he's like he's really good at centering it back to what's important and like this is, and you can get through it. You're it, you're gonna be fine. His big question that he always asks me that makes me feel so good is, "Can you do something about it right now?"
1: Mm.
0: And then if I can, he's like, "Get to it." And he's like, "If you can, then drop it." And so he just makes me feel like it's possible. Like it's not something that's gonna overwhelm me. I, you know, contrary to popular belief, on the lady that talks about joy, when it when I actually go through depression and anxiety, which I still do, just FYI, there are bouts that I fight often. It's really easy for me to be overwhelmed with those emotions. Because if I experience extreme joy, imagine how much it comes in waves when it's sorrowful. Yeah. Or And so for him, he makes the days feel possible. Like, it's not as bad as what you're making it to be. Calm down. Mm, chill out. I Take love a pill. I that. You sit down. Not a real pill, but like a chill pill.
1: <laughs> it's okay if you were taking like... <laughs> Me and my disclaimers. It's okay. It's okay
0: to have Jesus and the therapist and medication at yeah. the same time. So, yeah. but he he makes all the days feel That's possible. Great. And I and i love that.
1: Oh, I love we got to highlight them in a special game. I, know. I, I have to say, full disclosure, I don't know if Matt listens to our podcast, maybe the first couple <laughs> episodes, and he hears us recording and giggling all day long. So I'm sure he feels like oh, he already heard them all.
0: I but, asked my husband if he listened.
1: I bet you he does.
0: Uh-uh. It's like maybe, maybe not. He'll catch maybe an sometimes. episode. Well, guys, we're talking about you today, so you Exactly. It's all a ploy to get you to listen. Listen, you're somewhere in the episode. Oh, we love mm. our guys. We love our booze. Mm. great. At night, I think of you. See, this I is why I don't talk about marriage because be this is where it leads. If you game is on, give me a <laughs>
1: time again. will do it, y'all? Come on, will do it, y'all? Won't do it? In this segment, we'll highlight your reviews and celebrate how God is using this podcast to make an impact. So we got a five-star review from Mama C7, and here's what she said. I so look forward to your show every week now that I found it. You are a source of giggles, chuckles, and belly laughs, as well as great food for thought for me. Thanks, Mama C. And don't forget, if you are too loving the show, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or however you listen.
0: It really is amazing the things that we tell ourselves that we should and shouldn't do. The things that we constantly play on repeat in our heads. Come on now,
1: what do we say? I was doing some Google stalking, Candace, and I came across Ooh. your curriculum Ooh-key. and I read all the things Okay, and I saw this quote and I just stopped and was like, oh, girl, I got to share this with the world. So here's what it said. Women so often push under the rug their spiritual insecurities and secret questions of being accepted and worthy. Yeah. So yeah. when we're talking about today, yeah, belonging. My question for you, let's jump into this. Mm -hmm. What is a spiritual insecurity that you
0: have? Oh, my. Um, Well, I think we've we've hit a lot of these already this season. Like, remember, you should pray like Jesus. I told you I don't like the prayer circle. I don't like feeling like I got a one-up you know, Janine over there that just dropped a holier than thou prayer. And it made me feel insecure. Um, When I'm saying spiritual insecurities, I'm thinking of those things that make you feel like I don't fit into church. I don't Mm. fit into the family of God. I don't belong to God because I'm not doing X, Y, or Z. Do you know what I'm saying? So my spiritual insecurities have shifted throughout the years, but I remember one of the main ones that I originally had was, I don't know enough of the Bible. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't have enough of the Bible. I haven't read it enough, so I can't give you an answer. I can't give you knowledge on something or what I feel is not necessarily valid enough about the topic if I don't know the scripture to back it up. There mm-hmm. is some truth to that if you're going to be in a teaching position, right? Right. If yeah. you're a teacher, absolutely, I expect that of you. But when you're somebody that you're like, I'm just testing the waters of if I believe God's real, I don't expect you to have a biblical scholar degree in our conversations. Do you know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people feel that insecurity when they start trying to uncover a new relationship with God. They're like, well, I'll never fit in because I don't want to read the Bible necessarily. And I don't know even where to start in it. And I feel insecure before I even start the conversation. So why should I even devote time to do that? Like it just stalls your growth. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: so I would say that that was one of my major ones. Um, growing up. And uh, the other one that I instantly think of as spiritual insecurity is uh, behavior. (laughs) Ooh, I do tell more. Like, I just don't act like other Christians. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I get people, I have a a, a sticker that I sell at my merch table that says spark some freaking joy. (laughs) Okay. Well, I use the word frickin'. It's not the real F word, people. It's spelled different, even. Um, But I will get people that'll just be like, I'm so offended that you said that. And why not? You're just saying the exact same thing. And I'm like, okay, okay. Well, I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. There's still some things that I'm working out. Do you know what I mean? Whether I'm right. convicted on it or not, but I don't feel like it's your place to be the Holy Spirit. Anyways, that's a soapbox. But my spiritual insecurity is this, that I'm not behaving to the level of holiness that you are. Mm-hmm. So for me, I don't know if it's not necessarily that I'm holy enough because I don't, I don't, listen, Jesus is my righteousness. He He who knew no sin became sin so that I would become the righteousness of God. So I, I am righteousness of God because of what Jesus did. Right. But this holiness aspect of, am I holy enough for the crowd that I'm involved in or, or hanging out with? There's a big insecurity flag that I can wave and go, Ooh, I just walked into a room of people that <laughs> they're like these and thous in their conversation. And I'm like, Nope, I'm <laughs> out. I'm out. <laughs> so there's a lot of insecurity there, but um, I want to know you, what are your spiritual insecurities?
1: Oh, well I just wanted to expand on that for a second because I was gonna say oh, okay. we we talked about that on our long airplane ride over to open arms in oh. Kenya. Do you remember oh, we, we were talking did. about that? How do we fit in? What is this like? Yeah. Um Yeah. We're different, but we're this we've are the same, we have different convictions and like compared to other people. I don't know. It's it's a whole I mean that could be a whole seven hour conversation.
0: Oh, well it's divisive. They're divisive issues anyways. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like behavior is a divisive uh, topic in in the church. When you're talking yeah. about do you support X, y, and Z politically? Do you not support X, y, and Z politically? Do you um, drink alcohol if you're of age? Do you not drink alcohol? Do you abstain from it? Do you I mean, when you're talking about behaviors, that separates denominations sometimes. Right. you know so so that makes a spiritual insecurity when you're forming these little groups of spiritual people. <laughs> it makes yeah. you go, I don't fit in here. I don't belong here because I yeah. don't behave the same.
1: Right. Oh, man. <sighs> I felt I felt the weight of that before. I felt definitely the Bible. I don't know enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: I need a PhD in philosophy. I just rhymed. It felt right. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would say recently, mine is trying to find my place in a new church I'm oh. trying to find a church that I feel mm. like I fit huge. in and it fits in like yeah with what we need and where we feel called to settle in you know
0: that is I would say if I was going to make a percentage like make it up I would I would say I I would assume 80 to 90 percent of people feel that they don't belong to a church home.
1: Just laughing so hard cuz you just made up a percentage and you're <laughs> I like did. I'm I'm making up this percentage but it feel that feels accurate.
0: It does and here's and I'm saying this not from like made up because I didn't poll people. Like talking about my relationships with my friends. Right. Like 80 to 90% of people that are in my circle that have said I don't fit into a uh, this kind of category, especially the church topic. I would say that's the biggest stall out that they have with engaging with other believers or engaging with God, you know, and these are the people that go, I want a relationship with God. Everything that I see and read about him sounds great. But when I get around his people, yeah. and then they're like, and then especially this church, they were kind of cool, but then they started doing this and then freaked me out or they started doing this and I don't agree with that. Or they started promoting a political agenda and I don't agree with that. You know what I mean? Like I feel like there's so much, Um, anxiety for church hunting, for somebody that says, I really want more of God. And that's a spiritual insecurity thinking I'll never find a church home.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I've been a Christian for, since I was 18. So Mm -hmm. almost, I'm doing almost 20 years, no, 20 years. and. You know, there's a been, been a consistency of going to church, but we moved, mm. so now we got to find a new one. And what does that look like for our family? What's the best one? Yeah. So I I was on the other side of it. What's it like to walk into a new church, not know anybody, mm. not know mm-hmm. who the heck's up there talking on stage? Why does that person have a microphone? Who are they? What yeah. about this kids program? There's just so many things. Like, how how do I begin to feel like I belong here? And yeah. it was eye opening for me because it. The the best advice my pastor gave me moving was go to church. And I laughed at him like, duh, <laughs> obviously, do you know who I am? And then I yeah. get, we move and we start unpacking and it's like so easy not to go to church. Nobody knows me. Nobody knows if I'm skipping.
0: Uh, the whole world knows how easy it is not to go to church. Every battle that I fight spiritually and in the natural always happens on Sunday morning, 10 minutes before getting in the car. Like, are Mm. you kidding me? It's like, if I got to yell at these kids one more dang time to get their shoes on and get their butts off the couch, you know what I mean? Or who let the dog out all of a sudden? Why is the dog not batting the crate? We're about to leave. Or wait a minute, you didn't have breakfast? What kind of this is like what we do. And, and you feel that tension of, it'd be so easy just to stay in sleep. Um, we have the tendency uh, because our church streams online to just watch it from my couch, not saying there's anything wrong with that. Occasionally, like we did that this past Sunday. Cause I was sick. I was like right. laid out. To take a sick day. Yeah. I was like, okay, don't need to yeah. be around people and spread germs and Jesus. So I just was <laughs> like staying home. But, um, I do think there's something powerful about gathering together with his people. And you know what? In the Bible study that I teach, there actually is a whole study session on the importance of community and the importance yeah. of gathering and the importance of being together um, because I talk about the body of Christ. We're labeled as that. So, why did God call us that? You know, how do we belong as a body, not just as a single member? And Mm. so, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people wrestle with it because it's important to God, you know, Mm -hmm. if something's important to God, it's going to be all jacked up with us trying to actually make it consistent. And so you're saying consistency is key. And the, (laughs) the easy thing is to stay home. Of course it is. Of course it is. Have you
1: found when you were diving into studying and, and in order to write this curriculum for everybody, have you found that you struggled with all the different insecurities in the midst of writing or was that not part of your process?
0: <laughs> um, I always write to my insecurities. Like yeah. that's, I teach to my insecurities. Like that's all my process. Wow. I literally think of where's an area that I've struggled or that I am struggling and what are the things that I'm learning through it and that God's teaching me and that I'm seeing consistent in scripture or where do I want to get? Like, that's the big thing about when I'm talking about creating a Bible study curriculum for normal people. And <laughs> that's what I want to address are the things that you feel in process with or the tension with. I, I feel like there's a lot of, well, you and I know this. We've already talked about this off microphone. It's paramount for me. It's, it's top priority is to remain authentic. Yeah. And so a lot of a lot of things come with being a biblical teacher. I'm putting that in air quotes like Chris Farley right now. Biblical teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things come with that. And some of them, listen, I'm I'm 100% for being knowledgeable about the word of God for leaning on the Holy Spirit to be able to give you wisdom and discernment as you read the scriptures and how they fit in. I'm not one that likes to cherry pick and use and abuse the word of God to to make a good point of mine. But I right. will say this. There has to be a freedom to be authentic in your process as you teach as well. And I don't think we see that modeled enough in our teachers. We expect our teachers to be above us, beyond us, ahead of us, so far greater than us. And I just want to normalize that playing field and say, dadgum, I'm you. You're me. And if yeah. I'm learning this, why can't we learn it together? And that's more of my teachable style in the way that I approach when I'm on stage invited to places or whether it be yeah. through Bible study curriculums when people gather in a small group to watch me on a video. I feel like there's some, there's power in just saying, here are my spiritual insecurities and yeah. they're just like yours and let's go through them together.
1: I love that you say that because I'm going to ask you a question that's going to be hard. Oh, So you're talking okay. about authenticity and I got a chance to watch some of the curriculum and it's amazing. Yeah. And there was something that stood out to me. Oh no. Um, when you're talking about insecurities.
0: Oh my. Let's and, do it. And
1: <laughs> you said one thing that can hold us back is if the love of a physical father has been absent, mm. you think of your heavenly father like that. So you said, "Guard your heart from comparison this week." Can you expand on that because just watching that alone, I'm like, "Man, how many men or women have a tarnished relationship that impacts the way they view God?
0: Well, I think that what you're saying, that particular quote, I was talking about being a child of God in that session. Right. And so I was talking about fatherhood. We have a tendency to compare our our natural father with the, with the fathering of the spiritual father that we have. And so we attribute things to God that don't belong to him because of comparison. We make God to be an abandoner or is that even a word? Maybe not. We, we, it is now. It is, we're coining it. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, we, we attribute some things to him that are not his character because of what we've seen in the lack of a father or in the misuse and abuse of a father that's here on earth. And when I say guard your heart from comparison, it's really saying get to know who the father really is outside the physical aspects of what you've seen and, you, and the cards you've been dealt, and the life that you've lived, and the environmental experiences you grew up in, because it's not the same. Sometimes, sometimes it is. I mean, sometimes you've got some people that their fathers are really intentional about being like, "I want to show my children the love of God," and and God, Holy Spirit, you you help me in every single way that I that I parent them. And you know what? I've heard story after story of these great fathers and. Um, I've also heard maybe 10 stories for every great story <laughs> that are miserable. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and they're like, I just don't know if I can trust God in this moment because my example has been this. And it's really easy to compare the two. And so I, I just try to challenge people to think greater and higher of God and who he says that he is, because we belong to him because of who he says that he is. Like we can trust that he's a good father. We can rely on the fact that he's a good father and that we're fully accepted as a child and not abandoned as an orphan or that we're not the, the child that's been overlooked, abandoned and abused by God. I think there's a lot of people that when they say heavenly father, they instantly equate that with him, all the yeah. negativity that they've experienced. And I feel like to know how you belong to him, it's imperative that you guard your heart from comparison and you get to know who he is.
1: I think when you're at a place of understanding that from a healthy perspective, too, it creates the intimacy part yeah. of knowing God. Yeah. Candace, I just love hearing why you wrote what you wrote and all you've po- poured into this curriculum for us. And we're going to learn more in the He Said What section. Yeah. Uh, so let's stay tuned.
0: Stories from the Village. Today's story from the village, we're meeting Katie Fielder, the executive director of Open Arms International U.S. We had the rare opportunity to sit down with Katie, even amidst the COVID-19 crisis that we are facing. If you want further updates on what is happening in the village, please feel free to visit www.openarmsinternational.org. How did you know that you belonged with Open Arms, Katie, and that God had placed you there?
2: I found my people. I think all of us, when we're looking for that sense of belonging, it Mm -hmm. is going on that journey of discovering who are my people? Who are the ones that I can resonate with? We're passionate about the same things. We've got a foundational belief that draws us together in community. And so when I came on board with Open Arms, I found that. I had a passion for vulnerable people. I had a passion for international missions. Mm. I really had the great opportunity to find others that were so like me. And I didn't feel like I was weird. Like, really? You would (laughs) want to get on a plane and travel for 30 hours and then spend your time in the dirt? Uh, Yeah. Sign me up. Oh, man. I love that. I'm not inspired. Yeah. So I really, (laughs) I really found my people and that's where I knew I had a sense of belonging. Wow. I love that so
1: much. And can you expand on that for us? How have you seen God bring a further sense of belonging to the kids in the village?
2: What is so wonderful about this model that we have at Open Arms Village is it is a family. It is a community. They live in community And with our children's homes and the model that we have, each one of those homes have Kenyan parents that are raising up between, if you can imagine this, 12 to 20 kids in one home. Wow. And Mm. boy, talk about trying to find your place and a sense of belonging. The reason why we don't do a big institutionalized way of raising kids, we choose these family models is so that those kids are seen, they're heard, and they have a sense of belonging. Like I belong to this family. This is my home. This is my family. I'm not in a giant institution where I'm not seen. These kids are seen. And so when we are seen, we have that sense of belonging. And recently we've had to shut the village down in the sense that our gates are closed. No one can come in or out. And fortunately we were able to respond really quickly, get a month's worth of food and dry goods that we needed. The whole village is self-sustaining in the sense that we can grow our own food and we can get milk and eggs and we have chickens and all of the agricultural projects are helping to sustain us. But there are a couple of things that I wanted to mention that really bring home the sense of belonging with our kids yeah. that exited. So when they leave our care after they're 18 and of age and they're safe out on their own, um, Sometimes we are able to see them, they come back. And when the whole village was going on lockdown, we had two kids that came back that exited the village and were living on their own. One little gal, her name's Ruth, she came to us when she was quite young and very vulnerable and had no family that we knew of. Over the years, we did find some family in the community for her to um, to reconnect with. But anyhow, she left our care and when she heard the village was going on lockdown, she came with her family that she'd been reunited with and brought 22 cabbages that she grew in her, village, in her own home, in her family garden. And she was so grateful for all of the love and family and community that she had living with us that when she heard we were in crisis, she brought something out of her own garden to give to the village. Now, 27 cabbages aren't going to last very long <laughs> with 100 <laughs> pounds feeding. But just, I mean, that was a huge sacrifice it's for huge. her because yeah. Kenya's going in crisis and she's willing to share. And she had such a strong pull because that was her family. That was her family that got her through crisis and helped her know that she belonged somewhere when she didn't know where she belonged. And so I love that um, she came and gave back in crisis. Another. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just
1: going to say that's that's really beautiful, and we know there are needs there in the community, mm-hmm. and uh, we've been honored to share all season long on this show what you guys are doing and and the work you're doing and how God is moving there and um, equipping the children. But how can we take it a step further? How can others join and belong to this vision as well?
2: Well, all organizations like ours are reliant upon partners that help fund what we do. And sometimes people really have that sense of belonging when they are philanthropic. And when we are able to find synergy with something that God is doing, and we feel pulled to be a part of that, but we can't hop on a plane. We don't feel called to sit in the dirt with people after we've traveled 30 hours to get to these folks. And so, if we can join with being generous with our funds that we do have available, of course, all of that helps sustain what we do. And we do treat our donors like family. You belong. You belong to the village when you come and you share resources in that way. Another very powerful way that we all can belong is through prayer. We constantly, as a community that is in the middle of a very um, unstable community, Um, There's still tribalism there. There's still challenges that we face because we border on two different counties with two different chiefs and two different groups of elders. Um, There's tension when you've got an organization that does what we do. And while it's providing great things in their community, it, it can be tense as well. And so, prayer, prayer, and uniting with us, bonding with us, belonging with us in the body of Christ and spiritually is really, really important. That foundation of prayer is uh, definitely what can hold us together in times of crisis, especially right now.
1: Amen. Well, guys pray alongside us. um, And if you feel, like you want to donate, please visit openarmsinternational.org. Katie mentioned that they treat everybody like family. And we, my family and I, we actually donate and we got a call the other day and had a lovely chat (laughs) with you guys over there. So we, we appreciate you, Katie. We appreciate the work you guys are doing to help the village grow. And thank you for partnering with us. And guys, if you want to partner with them again, visit openarmsinternational.org. Thanks, Katie.
2: You're so welcome. God bless you guys. Thank you so much.
0: You called in with your questions. You shared with us your shoulds. We just want to listen. And maybe we can do some good. You
1: said what? One thing we love about our podcast is the community of listeners and the amazing feedback you guys leave us. Oh, yeah. It's a way we get to catch a glimpse into your story and get to know you a little better. And we would love to feature you on possibly season three.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yes. I forgot this is our final episode. It is. Anyways, but if you want to be on season three, give us a call. Ready? write down the number 315 and you can be featured. Another way you can be featured is by leaving a review. Let's take a listen. Lauren, a caller, left us a voicemail.
2: Hi, Candace. Hi, Jenny. My name is Lauren. I'm calling from Hobbs, New Mexico. And my should is that I should just be myself.
0: Oh, I love people from Hobbs, New Mexico. I love y'all. Oh, listen, I will just tell you this. Um, This is exactly why I wrote and developed curriculum called You Belong. I feel like a lot of us are trying to figure out just who am I? What is my true self? And do I belong to anything of value? So that's really the thing that you want to know. More than you discover yourself, you want to discover how you belong with your true self. And so you're, okay, well then just listen. Keep keep your ears open because we're about to dive into it.
1: In this section, we are going to learn how to move past self-doubt, helplessness, and a lack of clarity so we can move into a deeper, more engaging, and victorious relationship with God, not alone, but together. And I did not just make that up, you guys. That is from <laughs> Candace's <laughs> curriculum. So in Candace's study, You Belong, we're going to be empowered to learn a daily experience of moving from glory to glory in the simple and real practices of life with Christ. Yeah. So I feel like we just get you all to ourselves today so will you teach us something just teach us stuff candace
0: oh my goodness well the whole reason that i felt this was an important topic is because i started seeing descriptors of god's people that were different and i'm wondering why why do we need all these descriptions do you know what i'm saying like you're the people of god you're a sheep Have you ever been called a sheep in church? Yes. All his, all we, his people are like sheep who have been gone astray. I've heard the verse (laughs) in Isaiah. Thank you. And then we've also, um, oh, the overwhelming never ending, you know, that we sing that song and it's talking about the sheep that he would go leave the 99 for the one. So we're called sheep and I'm excited about it, but that's not it. That's (laughs) not where the story ends. We're also called the body of Christ. We're also called a bride of Christ. We're also called living stones that he's building his church upon. I mean, there's all these descriptors of us that belong to him. And I'm sitting here going, uh, why haven't I heard a, a, a Bible study about this? Why haven't I heard somebody yeah. teach on this? And then I was like, God, why did you have to call us all those things? And it's almost mm. like I felt like God just reminded me, you have multiple names for me. If you're made in my image, why wouldn't I have multiple descriptors and names of you as well? Wow. Because I'm who I say I am. You're going to be who i Um, I say you are as well. And you're going to have those descriptors and you're going to need them to describe you in the way that you belong to me because I'm multifaceted. I'm a God that's not one dimensional. I'm a God that has multiple things that I'm doing every single second, every single moment. And, and you as well, you're (laughs) multi-layered. You know, I think this is why we struggle with identity. It's because we honestly sit here and go, well, okay, so I become a Christian and now I'm being told that um, I have to be discipled. What is a disciple? Okay, I got to learn that term. And then after I'm discipled, now I got to be an evangelist? What's an evangelist? I mean, like you're sitting here going, why could not I just be a Christian? What's up with that? And then God forbid I call myself a a Christian in secular anything because it's got such a bad connotation now because of how people just have abused that word and have abused the faith and have not stuck to the teachings of Jesus, but they've actually, um, gosh, I don't want to sound so so dramatic here, but I can't think of a better word for it. They've actually violated and raped the teachings of Jesus to be really uh, self-serving and not being the identifiers of Christ, not being the identifiers of who God says he is. And I just wanted to get to the basics of who does God say that he is so that you can know how you belong to him. And mm. why did he describe you that way? And there was a verse that came up um, in my studying that just, it was like, you ever have one of those that just like fly off the page and just highlight. Yeah. and Smack you in the face a couple mm, times. Yes. Yeah. And it was Second uh, Corinthians 3.18. Um, I'm going to read it from the Hol- Holman Christian Standard Bible. Um, it says, Ooh. we all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. I just want you to get that for a second. I've always heard this verse taught as, okay, so with unveiled faces, so there's this freedom to be myself and not have a veil and not see dimly. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's mm-hmm. a scripture that says, a translation that says, see dimly in the mirror. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a freedom to be yourself here, unveiled. Your face is unveiled who you really are you're looking in a mirror at not yourself but at the glory of the Lord and I mean let's catch that for a second like when you look in the mirror and you think of who am I do you see the glory of the Lord first
1: Mm.
0: and then not only that but it says and are being transformed meaning present tense continual movement continual moving the needle on this you're uh, you are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory and i wanted to like tackle this idea of is it okay to be in spiritual stages is it okay to be, you know, cause we, we judge our circles of Christian community based on how holy you are or what kind of glory you're at. I'm at this glory, but you're at that glory. And that's better than my glory. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't, we don't say it like that, but we definitely talk to each other in ways and tones that belittle and diminish one another and don't mm. value certain aspects of our glory to glory. Like here's the deal. We look at baby Christians because they have the word baby in front of them as immature. They can't teach us. They don't need to be a teacher role and they don't have value in this area because they're not grown up yet. They don't have maturity. Mm. I'm sorry. That's, that's, I want to debunk that altogether. Yeah. Like this is where I'm looking at all of us. Here's a, a great level playing field that we have. We all with unveiled faces, We all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord. We're looking at his glory because he's who he says he is, we can know how we belong to him. So my teaching started to unravel and 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 kind of flesh itself out. And how is I gonna like tackle such a big topic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, like, Lord, this feels like nine studies in one. I can't do like just six weeks, you know, and just to, just a little book knowledge here. When you work with a publisher, they like six to eight sessions. They don't like them to go more (laughs) than that, you know, because if you're like,
1: I'm presenting 600 sessions to you guys. Exactly. We're going to be here nine weeks,
0: (laughs) maybe, maybe 53. So a year and a day. in a week um, it's it's just one of those things like people don't really have much more time than to meet like six weeks in a row. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. and it's it, it's just it's kind of like what it is. And um so I was thinking let's pare this down let's narrow it down and I pulled out these identifiers of what the scripture calls us and mm. why it was so important to know how God calls himself the counterpart to that. And I so love that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And you,
1: ha- you actually developed a quiz. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I... That people yeah. can take and find out what
0: part of the quote unquote process or yeah. journey they're on Yeah. in seeing where they belong, right? Absolutely. It's, it's tracing the patterns of glory to glory. It's, it's not devaluing one of those patterns, but it's just kind of giving you a gauge of where are you at in your understanding of how you belong to him. For example... Okay. This is where I don't really say it in the Bible study, but I'm just going to tell you the behind the scenes of the thought. Oh, yes. Do this. It. Insider knowledge. Um, I believe if it's almost like a stepladder of glory to glory. Can I ask a question? And then I, can,
1: can you be at the top of the ladder and then be back? go through the process and be back down and then you're walking back (laughs) up or is that, or is that the backsliders?
0: No, 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 (laughs) no. That's not backsliding in your faith. That's not you demoting. It's not promotion and demotion. It's the understanding.
1: Hmm.
0: It's the unveiling of the face.
1: So it's like maybe you're going through healing and you're, like working through something and it could be a different part of the process than you were last year or something. Yes. And that's okay. Okay, yes. thank you. Well,
0: okay. for example, if you want a real life Candice one, I mm-hmm. in 2014, I openly share about a moment that I had on a Wednesday night in my church where I yielded to the Holy Spirit mm. in a way that I'd never yielded to him before. Wow. And with that, I was like, I'm all in. Like I told him, I am all in. I repent of being stubborn and quenching your mm-hmm. Holy Spirit in my life. Who I am is a welcome, open atmosphere for you. You do what you want to do in me. And with that, here I had maturity of walking with Jesus for about 36 years and this very, very infantile understanding of allowing the Holy Spirit to move freely in my life. So I was simultaneously both at one time. I was mature and infant all at the same time. Okay. And it's okay. okay. It's okay to be both. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Okay. So you're on the ladder. I didn't mean to interrupt that thought. No,
0: uh, that's a great question, Jenny. I think everybody needs to know that because they're like, oh my goodness. She just said that some are ahead and some are behind, but then she's contradicting herself with the stepladder.
1: Well, I'm competitive and I'm like, I want to be at the top of that ladder. But what if I fall off?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you've got you've got you've got Nancy staying into week six so she can find out if she's the last one (laughs) and she's beating everybody. That's right. I lapped you. This is my category winning it all. Um, No, I for example, when we start off as sheep, we start off as this understanding that we make it in. We make it into the family Mm. of God. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just glad I belong to him. I'm just glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm part of a community. I'm glad I'm saved by grace. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You know, I've heard that my whole life. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Is that true? 100%. Is that all that's for you? No. Mm. No. Preach. Preach. And so this is why I felt like nobody was talking about the glory to glory. Like what's after you discover you're a sinner saved by grace? Like what's that next understanding? And for me, I I felt like it was so clear that the next understanding was, dude, do you remember what it was like when you actually move from thinking I'm just a sheep and I'm just a sinner saved by grace to knowing that you are loved by God, Mm. like that you are the bride of Christ? like that he offers you intimacy. I mean, there's, there's story upon story in the New Testament that's not like I'm just making this up, like, oh, bride of Christ, yeah. she took that from one verse. Look at the story <laughs> of the 10 virgins. Look at the story of the bridegroom and the wedding. What was Jesus' first miracle? It was turning water into wine at a wedding because yeah. there's this symbolism that we belong to him as a bride and that he values marriage. He values the intimacy, this sacred intimacy that he wants with us. It's huge it's huge and then if you move beyond that understanding to i think i think most of the church if i'm going to be honest by and large is right here at this level oh son and daughter mm. i'm no longer a slave to fear i am a child of god you know what i mean like all of our songs yeah. are about being a child of god and there is this huge massive revelation that comes to a Christian when you realize that you're not orphaned, left out, you belong to him as a child, you've got brothers and sisters, that you're not abandoned. I mean, like you get on yeah. fire for
1: Jesus. And that's the comparison part we were talking about earlier with the father and like having
0: that realization. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. And people when they know that I don't, I don't, I'm not orphaned by him and I'm yeah. still acting like an orphan. Oh. It changes the way that you start living for God. When you find out you're you're a child of God, there's a scripture that tells us that God loves us with the same love that he has for Jesus.
1: Mm.
0: That should radically change the way that you look in the mirror and you see the glory of the Lord. Yeah. That should radically change you when you realize that God doesn't put you second fiddle to his son in the devotion and love that he gives for you. It should change your response and how you love him back. It mm. should change your response and how you love others. It should change how you're insecure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm loved the same stinking way God loves Jesus. What the mess. It frees me up. It just frees me up. And I'm sitting here looking at this, just just going through my mind as I'm creating this curriculum, thinking, God, this is so important for your people to know, because I feel like nobody's really told us there is a reason why you're described as certain things. And then obviously I go through like the body of Christ. And then I hit how Jesus talked in John 15 about he is the vine and we are the branches. Like, what does that mean to be called a stinking branch? Do you know mm, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you yeah, have to go through it to kind of, to kind of get it, get the other info, but it, it feels like it's meeting a need that's unspoken in all of us. It's this need of saying, how do how do I belong and how do I fit in not to just a church environment or a Bible study, or but how do I fit in to this idea of a relationship with God? Mm. It's one thing. We, we frame a lot of our belonging to God based on church and based on the big C church. Do you know what I mean? Like if we serve enough, if we give enough, if we're a part of a committee... Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, like if they want my opinion on something in church, I'm valued, and mm-hmm. and I must be valuable to God, or or even more so if if I can maybe be a part of leadership, then I have mm-hmm. value and authority in the kingdom of God. Well, can I just tell you, church uh, leadership doesn't compose most of the church. Like the percentage is bigger of those who are in the marketplace in the world in secular jobs. The percentage of the body of Christ is out there being hands and feet and legs and rears and pectorals and lymph nodes. I mean, it's the things that God uses day to day to make the beautiful thing happen to represent and resemble Him. And I feel like we devalue ourselves and we really don't see the glory of the Lord and how God allows us to belong. And so I just, I wanted people to have a space to understand that clearer. And I wanted yeah. to understand it clearer.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's hugely important. And I am honored we got this sneak peek to wrap up season two. Oh my talking goodness. Talking about your new curriculum, because I got to see how hard you were working on it. And yeah. I think you gave some of your Instagram friends sneak peeks of when you were shooting. Yeah. And if if you guys want to gather your people, if you want to gather the neighbors you don't know yet, if you want to recommend this to church leadership, like you should get this curriculum. When does it come out? And can you tell us details on that? Or is that still?
0: It comes out um, spring 2020. So if you're somebody that follows me on Instagram or Facebook or any of those social media platforms, I'll be releasing specifics. But at any point, you can pre order it right now so you can yeah you can go on amazon.com and just get to pre-order and put it in your cart and it'll be available when it actually releases and get together some some friends and listen this is not just for women it's for men as well yeah i feel like that would be a miss if i'm talking about you belong and i'm only writing to women (laughs) hey women women you belong this is for like all of us. This is about our identity. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's. It's called. You belong because God is who He says He is. He Is.
1: I think it's like s- such a buzzword in the self-help space. You belong. Oh yeah. But they end it there. And yeah. what I love about this is that you're continuing the conversation, and you didn't put a period after you belong. You know. Oh
0: well, there can't. Everybody likes a wrap up. Everybody likes a good, finite little answer. And this is one of those things. Even read 2 Corinthians 3.18 over and over and over again, and you tell me that that's finite. You try to convince Mm -hmm. me that that verse has a big wrap-up for us that we can feel Mm -hmm. happy and cozy about. It doesn't. It leaves us going, man, I want to be transformed into that same image from glory to glory. And I just want people to not wrestle. I just want them to not wrestle but actually settle into who they are.
1: Yeah. Into the process of being comfortable, transforming and changing. So good, dude.
0: Hey, let's pray.
1: What is your biggest hope and prayer for the people that choose to go through this curriculum or a prayer that you've unraveled through studying the scripture yourself Hmm. in knowing Hmm. how you belong? What's your hope for people?
0: Well, um you know we could i could ramble a lot on that or we can just <laughs> pray it i mean like this yeah. is what's great about season 2 and ending it this way and and how we end every episode is is that we actually talk to the one that can do something about it so let's pray for our listeners for why this exists and and why it's yeah. something i'm passionate about all right let's do it let's do it father i pray for everyone who's felt sidelined by you not just by church but by you Everybody who's felt as though you're sitting on your hands and you don't care about their situation, you're not going to intervene with justice, that you just allow things to happen to us um, without cause or reason. God, I I pray for the, the isolated, the ones that feel cast aside and never feel as though they know where they belong and how they fit in and whether they're worthy of belonging. God, I pray for those that feel as though they have done something that is too shameful, embarrassing, sinful. Man, you, you name it, any of those words, God, to even approach you and that you're not going to forgive, love or invite. I pray for them right now. And, and God, I pray for myself. Areas of my life that I still carry to you that you say, that's not who you are. <laughs> and that's not who I see. I pray that we could all come with unveiled faces before you just this clarity in your presence to be able to see you for who you are so that we can know that we are being transformed into your likeness going from one glory to another and God for us to just sit and settle into where we are right now with you as a great thing (laughs) as a great thing it's a part of our belonging. It's a part of our story. It's a part of our uncovering. It's a part of our journey. God, I pray for those that, that they're going to sit at round tables and they're going to watch this, this study together. I pray for sweet fellowship, incredible snacks. I pray for real <laughs> conversations. I pray for things that make them stir up and bubble and ask each other questions that maybe feel a little bit tense so that they can uncover the truth. God, I pray for your spirit to dwell in those places where they're meeting. Like just hover, just hover around there and and just start conversations and give discernment and wisdom. And God, I pray for the pages that are in the study guide as they go through them through the week by themselves, that they'll be stirred to want to know you deeper and more intimately. And God, I pray for those that are going to tackle questions they've never asked themselves. That they will be freed and not fearful of the answers. (laughs) And God, for the person that does this by themselves and they just say, I don't have a church, I don't have a community, I'm not a Christian, I don't even know what Candace is talking about, but I'm going to do it because I want to know if I belong. For the person that watches the, the DVD by themselves, that gets a study guide and just does it by themselves, God, I ask that you inhabit every single encounter that they have as they're watching and as they're studying and as they're being open for probably the first time to discover who you are so that they can know who they are. God, we pray for our listeners right now that have nothing to do with this and don't buy this and don't care about it. (laughs) We pray that you bless them with the journey that they're on as they're uncovering their glory to glory. And father, I'd be amiss if we didn't wrap up season two praying for the village and open arms. God, that you would just bless the families there. That you are the God that is the father to the fatherless. You are who you say you are to them. That you do see the vulnerable. You do see the orphan. You see the widow. You see them and not only see them, but you care for them in a way that is so intimate and precise and honoring. And Father, we pray for that open arms would be able to continue the work that they're doing in ways that are leveled up and greater than they ever could have imagined or dreamed or hoped for, like Ephesians 3.20 tells us. Move us to compassion, to love others, to love you, and to love ourselves and how you see us. It's in your name we ask this. Amen. Amen.
1: I, there's a lot on my heart and mind during that prayer, Candace. Thank you for praying. I, there's a few things. I find it, beautifully amazing and so god that we're ending our season with an episode um called you you should belong and Mm. our season partner all season we're we're saying these kids belong they are given homes like yeah i just find it amazing and beautiful like only god right only him only him and we're not um, that smart to
0: plan those we're things not out. Smart.
1: <laughs> we're not. We told you guys we have genius ideas 5 seconds before we hit record, right? So yeah. Thank you Jesus for yeah. this partnership. Um Yeah. Thank you for showing us how these kids belong they belong, giving them a space uh, through Open Arms Village and all the work they're doing, guys. So we we hope you learned about a great organization and decide to either pray for them, participate with them, donate for them, and just be a part of the journey that those kids and those families are on to feeling like they belong spiritually and in in the practical ways as well. And I think it's fun too. We get to wrap up the season, Candice, with you and this project you've been working on for so long. And we kind of gave the listeners an inside glimpse of what it's like to write a book, to launch a book, to talk about a book. And I think that's cool because we don't often and get to see that.
0: Well, what's different about this is it's not just a book like, like there's no companion book with it. This right. is a study. So to do that is even different in the way that you have to frame your mind and and organize and meet deadlines.
1: <laughs> right. The curriculum. So there's yeah. a six-part video series and a workbook with it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Study guide. So
1: if you yeah, study guide. So you guys if you want to, I mean, dig into that content Pray for Candace too as she launches um, and the work she's doing and how far reaching it is. We're excited. Thank you for for teaching us today, Candace. That was awesome. Thank and you. let's clap out this season.
0: i because Season two. Season two.
1: Yeah!
0: <laughs> I'm here! I'm feeling it oh, It's rising! It's
1: getting weird. I'm rolling my eyes Woo! at you in two <laughs> Season
0: two!
2: Nothing I like get! We did!
0: It. It's amazing, girl. You don't tell me to rally. Who? I felt it. I'm just. Wah! Season two. Woo! Oh man, that felt good.
1: Can you come to all my birthday parties? Please be because- good. <laughs> Candace for hire. Sideline cheerer.
0: I'll be there. Yes. I'll be and there. amen.
1: Are you going to say our final line? For the last time this season.
0: It's so sad. Uh, Let's do it. Let's do it though. Shut the should up, everybody. We will talk to you next season. To share your should, call 315-308-0163.
1: And you may be featured on an upcoming episode. If you've been inspired to stop shooting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all
0: the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.